literally I end up hanging out with the gitanos, with the gypsies in Spain by default. It was like I it was like I was one of them and they accepted me as one of them too, which is very rare. So I ended up like hanging out with them sometimes like doing palmas like the clapping as they're like playing guitar and singing and it was just like whoa like this is so raw mm. they're not doing it f to be on stage because I'm co i came from la with the whole like playing the part story and all of a sudden i'm here with these people that it was it's kind of like going like i related to the blues it's almost like going to the deep south and all of a sudden you're jamming with three black dudes yeah. playing like slide guitar and, yeah. <laughs> and they're just doing it because they have to not because right like they need they need it you they know need it for their soul, soul. They need to yeah that like ignited that in me that was like whoa this is like taking music to another level like that is not just to show off like here's my technique this is how badass i play or or like, let me just write like a, a song that's gonna change the world. It's just like, because you have to, it's like the spirit. And in fact, on the flamenco culture, mm -hmm. they say that to be a good flamenco player, you need duende, which is a, a like a dark spirit, uh, an elf mm -hmm. that connects to that, to the pain, to the mm. suffering, to all these things to be able to like pff, express it. And I heard even there when I was there, like, you have duende. So I was like, whoa, I guess I do have duende.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Delic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, and I got a Herman Miller chair at the Goodwill for 20 bucks. It's an older one, but it's a damn good chair. Upgrading the studio and upgrading the podcast with today's episode, El Javi. Man, that 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 fine shredding you just heard was uh, Whispers from Eternity, one of his latest singles from uh, his upcoming album, A Gypsy Journey Part 3, Samadhi. That's the final part of his trilogy of Gypsy Journeys. We talk about that. And that was that clip that you just heard. Part of his time spent in his travels, uh, pursuing his music, his craft, exploring his self, his art. Anybody that's a creator, where they create from is what they create. And what they create creates them in return. And neither of those sayings are original mycadelics, unfortunately. Someone said them somewhere. But I was able to recall them and repeat them here. So, but there's, there's, as we create, like what we're creating is a representation of us in a way. And so we talk about the creative process. I really love this conversation. You guys are going to dig this. So we'll get into it pretty soon. Just want to say thank you to everybody that leaves a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I think we're at like 300 and. 64 or something like that now. It's awesome. I, I really, really appreciate all the love and the support. Uh, I want to be putting out awesome podcast episodes and I want people to be stoked about it. And if you guys are stoked, let, let the people know so that the algorithms, the, the AI robots that are all going to enslave us in a couple of years can at least, you know, let us have a good time for now. So yeah, thank you. And Check out all the links in the show notes. So everything that you hear from Javi today, check out his music. Follow Javi and get updates for you know where he's going to be playing and, and get his music. It's just phenomenal stuff. So that, then there's Element Kombucha. Put in the promo code Mike11. Get 11% off. Uh, this kombucha is like my favorite kombucha. It's just amazing. Actually, Element... Uh, can you send me some more of your dope ass kombucha, please? Because my taste buds are in desperate need. I can't be, I can't expose them to this not so good kombucha. <laughs> this subpar booch will not suffice. I need element more. Please send me more. I, I mean, I could, I could probably just email them. Actually, I don't need to to communicate here, but they'll know that it's on the record. I'm demanding more booch. Give me that fine, tasty booch. It's great. It's delicious. I mean, this is, this is the best kombucha. I, I would consider myself to be like a kombucha connoisseur, I think. Right? Like, I, I've, I've, I think I've had them all. I've had a lot. Element kombucha is, is phenomenal. It's my new favorite. The Mountain Oolong, I, I could drink like three of those a day, every day. Can you OD on, on booch? What if you boof booch? You might have an issue there. But not with Element Kombucha, because they don't have those extremely big fizzy bubbles where you're choking to get it down. It's smooth, crisp, with just the right amount of bubbles. That's right, folks. That's Element Kombucha. Put in the promo code MIKE11 for 11% off. Satisfaction totally guaranteed. All right. And then uh, being true to you, Fungi Academy, of course, Sheath Underwear. They're awesome. All the links are in the show notes, so check that out. Everything that you want to know about this podcast, how to support it, 
show your love, follow Javi and just experience the hell out of his awesome music. All the things you want will be in the show notes and consider joining the Patreon, folks. We got bonus episodes and a Discord server. Is there anything else that I want to say? I don't know, man. This is a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. And uh, just remember to do what you do when you like things. Much love. Appreciate y'all. Without further ado, let's mind jam with El Javi. Grunge playlist, and it's all even flow. Yeah, they yeah, all they have. have a yeah, they just they're just like, hey, that's the that's for, the style for, the era. for that era. Yeah, but you you uh, you're you you're you stand alone. You stand apart. You stand in an authentic space of your own. Uh huh. Yeah, it is cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool that I could, you know, just a couple hours ago listening to your music and now you're sitting here across from me. <laughs> and, and, and we just recently got to know each other, but I heard of you through mutual friend Bill uh, and you were like this kind of like myth. It was like El Javi. The myth. The myth of El Javi. Where, where does the myth of El Javi begin? W- begin? Oh my God. El Javi, actually, El Javi as El Javi, because I feel this my alter ego, right? I've, I created El Javi just to kind of separate myself and and have that space between Javier Gutierrez and the artist El Javi. And also to, to have an image, you know, to have a stage presence, to have a message. So I created El Javi purposely to, to have that. And I love also getting home and just taking off my clothes of El Javi and become Javier once mm. again at home. But El Javi was created in probably like 2000 and oh, when I say like 2008 or so after my first album, because my first album was I was still Javier Gutierrez, you know, and then one day I remember talking to my sister that she's uh, an art curator and she does all kinds of stuff. And she's like, why don't you create a, an alter ego? So I actually got, I tend to journal, or at least I have tons of journals that they have different purposes. So I created one of El Javi. And I started writing down all the things that I wanted to embody as an artist. And I remember the first thing was like a young version of the most interesting man in the world. You yeah, know, the yeah, Dos yeah. X guy. <laughs> I see that. That yeah. was kind of like the first bullet point that I had. And then from there on, I just started developing even how musically, what what do I want to want to do, and and that has been refining throughout the years, just to kind of have a, a purpose and not so much an ego based. Like I just want to be famous and blah, blah blah. Like I want to contribute to the world somehow with my art, mm-hmm. and so that's been a work in progress. But as El Javi, yeah, it's been like two thousand eight, and so just developing my image my sound and all these things that keep evolving too yeah that's a really interesting thing i mean because you know we know more now about parts work and psychology and you know the different parts of ourselves the uh you know the 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 parts that we show to the world the parts that we hide from the world the unconscious parts 
So we all are made up of all these parts, right? And so you creating this container of El Javi, do you feel that you're able to sort of do more with that, that you're able to kind of exemplify more of the parts of your personality as a musician? Absolutely. Yeah, if and up to the point that if I'm ill, like if I have a cold or something and I still have to perform, it's so bizarre when I put like all the clothing of El Javi on and everything and then I know it's time, I don't feel sick. Like it's, So it's very powerful actually when you have that character that you embody because then all like the fears or the t being tired or sick in this case goes away right and all of a sudden you're just this like powerful being that is like okay it's time to perform it's time to give to others and let's do this let's go get on stage yeah like batman and bruce wayne yeah exactly yeah you yeah like the the javi cave yeah and go in there and yeah yeah i still obviously it's not that I'm completely not El Javi, you know? And it's not that I created something completely away from myself because even when I perform, I I tell my story. Like, that's what that's what El Javi is about because I, I do instrumental music and to set up, like, the story before I play, I tell, hey, like, I wrote this song while I was going through this and that, like, so it's very vulnerable even. Like, I just completely share it to strangers who I am and where I come from and where is my fears or my pains and all these things. Did that start in 2008 as well, or were you doing that beforehand as well? No, that's like maybe later on even. Like I think the storytelling part started until like maybe 2014 even. Like before I would just play, just play and not say any, almost anything. You know, at first you, it's awkward, you know, to it be on is. stage. Yeah, yeah. like. So that's been a work in pro progress, like just kind of that part of the storytelling. And it's very beautiful. I think that's obviously playing is my favorite, but the storytelling and just sharing who I am, it's such an essential part of my show. Yeah. I mean, Whispers from Eternity, uh, when you played that at our retreat, you remember? Mm -hmm, yeah. And... I you didn't say exactly what it was, but you did say it was for somebody there. And it kind of clicked in me. I was like, oh, I kind of get maybe what this song's about right now. And to me, what I felt was like these moments of, in that song, these moments of like, all right, cool. Like I got it all together. Like shit's working. Like hell yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, shit's crazy again. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Is that kind of... Yeah, well, and that fu fully reflects the, this part in my life when I quit drinking. Right. And and that's why like, I, I dedicated it to somebody that was talking about that. And, and yeah, it was like this beautiful moment where I received the message even. It was a spiritual experience, and that's the story that I tell when I played the song because that's what happened. I was in Mexico, and I was like walking through a jungle going back to the hotel where I was staying at from a party I was like drinking and I left alone and as I'm walking through like a tunnel made by trees on both sides there was trees that met kind of like in the middle and I started hearing whispers like voices that I saw as God or the divine just telling me like Javi you need to stop like if you want to step into your power into your purpose you cannot be living life like this so I heard it and I followed it and 
it was a challenge like and that's what the song reflects because once you step into a, a purpose you have to shed all the things that don't support the purpose and that's when they get challenging because you have to accept like this is not working and this is ugly and i can't sometimes you're like i can't i cannot do this but then you must you know so it's like that's what the song reflects at some point it was just this inner struggle sometimes to like i, I just want another drink please like no you can't <laughs> yeah was that the 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 hardest part for you i could imagine it it would be a hard part with friends and f and playing gigs you know they're serving alcohol and things like that like what was that really a, a big struggle super you know because that you felt you alienate yourself to begin from the world because everybody functions on alcohol yeah the <laughs> whole know? world is yeah. driven by booze yeah yeah so then you felt you feel lonely at first and then also i felt so judgmental towards everyone because i'm just like oh almost like I'm holier than everybody else almost, sure, you know? Yeah. And, but then at the same time, not, you know, then in that loneliness, then you're just like, then who, who am I? Like, what am, how do I have fun? And then how do I connect with others? How everything, you know, I had to re relearn myself. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we have these kind of automatic ways of being that just become comfortable and it becomes a part of who we are. And then if you're being asked, like you said, you must, because you, you felt this higher calling. It's like, this is what you're here to do. Mm -hmm. And this other part was dragging you down, but you're like, well, who the fuck am I going to be? Yeah. If I'm, so what, what, what was that? What were you like thinking and feeling during that period? Like we're having doubts about <sighs> your your identity or yourself. Everything. It makes you question everything that I did up to that point, you know, because I realized how a lot of my actions were based on that lifestyle. And all of a sudden after I quit, I started judging myself like I was awful, you know? So it was like first he was just looking at myself like the world was secondary it was just this inner work completely of like oh my god I, i've been awful i've been terrible just judging myself and being almost bad you know to myself uh so i had to take on practices just to kind of be gentle with myself and that's where meditation came in and and i had this angel that came into my life out of the blue, this woman that just took me into her practice to do neuroplasticity and just really helped me out to just process a lot of things. Neuroplasticity. Uh-huh. What what modality was was that? Like uh it was through like very intensive yoga at first, and then she will have me like meditate with certain process, kind of like vis visualization of certain things that you burn. Like you physically kind of had to pretend that you're burning your old self. Oh, wow. Like, she will be like, you have a container in front of you. Let's put fire in it. And now you're going to throw all the things that you don't need of yourself in it. And that's kind of like the first pro pro process of neuroplasticity. You get rid of something. And then you had to integrate something new in, in place of what you got rid of. Mm. Did you have periods of time where you slipped up in the beginning? Uh, no, I completely cold turkey. Wow. I I didn't touch alcohol. I haven't touched alcohol since that. Well, I still spend like the next day 
in Mexico and, and my last drink was on the fly back from Mexico to LA. Actually, I was flying into LA before coming here. And I had one, uh, two drinks because I had Southwest tickets. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is it. And I said goodbye. I, I had a guy next to me cheering. I was like, I'm quitting after this. And he's like, yeah, sure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Want to find that guy. I hope that guy's listening right now. Here he is. He's drinking a LaCroix, Pample Moose. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that so that moment in Mexico then was a really profound moment where you heard those whispers. I mean, that must have really struck you then to to make you stay on the path that way. I've never heard voices, you know. So it was just like, and and I was not on a psychedelic experience or anything. Yeah, it was just complete. I was drunk, but I've never heard voices before, and it was just so clear that I was just like, I I must listen to this, and and since then, you know, obviously my spiritual practice it was like a proof that the divine is talking to us all the time, and. Unfortunately, they're very like they're whispers. That's what like, the title of the song too, because yeah. they're just always there, whis- whispering so much, and we're so loud. You know, our thoughts, uh, our voices, everything. We're always so loud that we don't get to hear the divine t- speaking to us. Right. Yeah, you quiet it down, and and you can you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Quiet down the noise. Get out of the chatter of the mind. Yeah. You know, and it's so hard. You know, we find out we think we're so important that we must listen to ourselves all the time. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and a lot of times it's not even ourselves that we're listening to. It's just these like programmed behaviors or habits wanting to act out. Yeah, because it's we're familiar and comfortable routine. I mean, I I've been smoking tobacco again, and I I like convince myself that it's okay because it's like good tobacco and organic and you know i'm doing it way less than i was before but i know that a large part of it is the routine sure you know it's like oh wow a cup of coffee and a smoke beautiful that mm-hmm. sounds great you know and and i have to actively stop that and replace it with something else so were you replacing like did you find yourself in points where you were like fuck like what do I do with myself right now? Like, did you have groups or did you have people that you could get together with or lean on? Because mm-hmm. I think it's the times that I find myself in the weakest state where I reach for the thing is usually when I'm alone and I don't know what what to do and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of bored and I know that that's there. No, I, I, don't, I did it all very alone. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was hard, like, but... I like challenges. I'm the type of person, like even my music <laughs> reflects that in the sense that I'm always challenging myself to play better mm-hmm. or at least p- better for myself, I guess. So I'm always looking for uh, the next challenge. So to me, even that experience was like, I can do this. Like, and, uh, So I didn't go to AA or any type of wow, group amazing. like that. Uh, although I did, and I do consider myself an alcoholic, uh, but I was like, you know, I, that just to submerge myself on the problems because I feel like sometimes those groups is just all about like, oh, let's just only talk about the problems. And rah, rah. like, right. I was just like, yeah, uh, heavy. Yeah. They're kind of heavy or at least in my eyes, maybe they're not. Uh, but I was just like, I just want to step into a new life. So I just full on took on me- like meditation, breath work, 
and reading i started reading a lot of books like novels not, like not only self-help books too which i also have a, a, my share of but just reading writing drawing spending more time with my daughter and just doing things that i felt i neglected because of doing the other mm. oh so you were already feeling that sense of mm -hmm. neglect mm -hmm. so now you created the space All that stuff was just there waiting for yeah. you to pay attention to it. Exactly. Ah. And I think that we all do. I always said like, I always say that we all know when we're doing something that is not good for us. Right. Like we choose to ignore it and be and excuse it and be like, I just, I love having fun. Like, so why not? You know, type of thing. Right. But we know. <laughs> no, I think we all know when things are not right for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we you, I think we can we can all feel it. Yeah, it's a it's it comes in in a feeling. It's it's not so much like a, an objective analysis. Exactly. You know, like I used to have a friend who would say, yeah, he drank a lot, you know, and probably an alcoholic, and but he would rationalize it by saying like, hey, I get all my shit done. Mm -hmm. I go to work. I make money. I pay my rent. I do everything. But I'm like, yeah, but y you feel like shit all the time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, but when I'm drinking, I feel great. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. You'll, you'll figure it out, I guess. That's the thing is everybody has to figure it out for themselves, right? Because mm -hmm. did any, had anyone in your life like came to you before and said like, hey man, this is kind of an issue? Mm, not heavy directly, you know, no, not like an intervention, but I definitely had instances of, with relationships and whatnot, like the, they brought it up. Just like how my drinking was like a little excessive, and maybe I could chill. Right, but only you know. Yeah, it's all, it's a, it's just like what you were saying with music. Like you're you're playing because you know what you can play, and you want to play better, and mm -hmm. you're challenging yourself. At the end of the day, I mean, that's really all that we're up against. We think we're like there's some world out there that really gives a shit. Yeah, or whatever you know, it's fucking bullshit. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It is something else. Definitely the best decision of my life, though. Like, my music, my connection with the world, my connection with the divine. It's just, it definitely cleared up so many things. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I see how much we do that, even with food. I, like, I, I started realizing how anything that we put in our bodies, doesn't matter how organic or how pure we can label it ultimately becomes like a like um something like a filter between us and and the and the divine if you want to call it like spe specifically to to the divine because now when I, with my meditation and tai chi and all these practices i noticed that even when i eat something i don't feel right completely as compared to when I'm maybe fasting or when I'm kind of, I have more of a pure system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It feels easier yeah, to tap into that. But what, uh, or a drink or a soda or some, all that sugar or, you know, it's just, and, and even plant medicine, you know, can get on the way of, of that purity. Like we are already there. And all these things are just to remind us of our own capacity to do all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, so we tend to like latch or hold on to all these things because we feel like we need it. 
And to me, even drinking was like that because drinking made me happy, made me more social or uh, more accepting of others, you know? Like I, I would just hang out with anyone when I when I was drunk. Yeah. Uh, perhaps now I have more boundaries that I don't give my time to all those people that I would when I was drunk. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I do miss sometimes how open it will make me be where I didn't feel so judgmental perhaps. You didn't you know, feel judgmental? Not at all. You know, I would be just so friendly and just, pff, I would love everyone. Yeah. Drunk. Well, I get that from you now, though. And you're sober. So it's like, you know, I, I'm not like, you're just, a, you, you're really open, generous, kind, um, what's the word? Gregarious person. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like funny and likable, affable. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. You know, it's just so weird how sometimes we don't think we are those things and then we f- we feel we need all these substances to take us to that place. Yeah. And then everybody sees us like, dude, you, you're fine. You're like connected and loving and all these things. It's like, oh, wow, maybe I don't need to do yeah. all these can things. You, can you call me and tell me that every day? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, as uh, Ramdas said that uh, when he was, he, he was talking about LSD, and he said that uh, I forget what he, how he called it, like samadhi, or maybe it wasn't samadhi. It was what's the like total enlightenment? Yes, yeah, samadhi is total. Yeah, he's like uh, samadhi has come in the form of a material substance. Yeah, because we live in a material culture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that everything you're right, like everything is like oh we we need all these exterior material things because that's the way that our culture is. So even when it comes in the form of plant medicines or LSD or things like that, I mean you know it's all right here within us, mm-hmm. right? But who's going to make money off of that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, everything is become a product and. That even is a challenge for me in my music, you know, when it's, I wish I could just offer it and and be, and, and it does come like that, actually. During COVID, I saw that very clear. I started just offering it because I lost all my work. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to offer it because I need to play and people need music. Yeah. And I saw the power of offering more than expecting like we tend to expect things and uh, like if i work i need this amount of money and when you offer you get paid either way like yeah somehow you get paid even if it's just by the love of others that's huge and then sometimes they send you a thousand dollars yeah and all of a sudden, like, what? Right. Like, uh, that happened to me. Wow. During COVID, all of a sudden, just yeah, somebody sent a huge Venmo. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm good for, like, the next couple of months. Wow. You know? And I, and I was not expecting it. I didn't ask for it. You know? I'm yeah. just you, Once you start offering, people th- send back. Totally, man. <laughs> I love that. I think it's, like, you know, uh, one of my favorite authors, Charles Eisenstein, talks about this in his book, um, and many of his books, Sacred Economics, The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know is Possible, the spirit of the gift. We don't necessarily live in a culture that fosters a spirit of giving without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the native traditions of this land and many lands before would practice gift giving all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we live in this very transactional 
private property, keep out, you know, the kind of culture. But amazing things happen as you've experienced when you just give from mm-hmm. a place of love and the things that you get in return you there's no way that you could say oh well i hope i get something like this it's like just amazing it's it, it people do that for this show and i i try and like do a lot of donation you know, like one of the things that kind of irks me a little bit is there'll be do, suggested donation sure like suggested donation 20 to 50 dollars it's like all right well i mean i get it i guess because people are still trying to f- dance that line as saying like hey we really want to give but like we're also we like, need under to make a living yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah, yeah. but that, that's a that's an amazing thing so what were you doing during covid were you playing live stream shows mm-hmm. or yeah okay. i was doing facebook live streams weekly monday nights like always but like did it for like maybe six months or so five amazing months. wow and obviously sometimes i will not make much money you know and then it's just like well but i'm still there and then people are still logging in and and i will get so many messages of be like thank you so much like this means so much to me right now because i'm like just at home like people are in lockdown yeah the middle of lockdown and it meant a lot for people just to kind of have an artistic outlet in their lives or something. Yeah. So that was just beautiful, actually, just to receive all those messages and and emails. So good. Yeah, that really nourishes the soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, for the that person that that gave you the gift of a thousand dollars, in a way, it's like he kind of or he or she kind of covers for the people who you know would love to but can't exactly you know and it's like you know that that that's something special too it's like hey if you can give great if not great you totally. know, whatever but what's interesting with with um donation and mentality is how much and i don't know if it happens to you when sometimes you want to donate and then you feel bad like if you're like well if i just donate to box like you wish you could donate a hundred or fifty, but maybe you don't have. And but you could w- wish you could donate two bucks. And then sometimes we don't because we feel that that's little. And if everybody, like if a hundred people donated two bucks, that's two hundred bucks for the person that needs that donation. And instead of feeling like hey, this is not enough, <laughs> you know. That's right. Every dollar counts. Every yeah. worthless. <laughs> decrepit fiat it currency does. with former slave owning assholes on on the on the on the money send them my way folks if everyone donated two dollars to this podcast i wouldn't have to do anything else yeah no it's incredible <laughs> like it's the whole thing of i've been reading some books in regards of how to be like entrepreneur or i guess like self-employed and especially as an artist and they talk about like the the thousand fans yeah to just only have a thousand fans and if those thousand people is spend a hundred bucks a year hundred bucks a year in you which is not that much like less than 10 bucks a month yeah that's a hundred thousand dollars for you yeah like that's a good living i guess we're almost there folks spread (laughs) this podcast yeah we're gonna i mean that's what it's all about really i always tell people like I'm kind of hamming it up right now like but like I genuinely tell people like 
hey man, if this is like something that you like, just share it. Just tell people about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the best way to do it. Is like, you know, hey, I heard this awesome track. You got to hear it. You know, just just share it with people. That's share the love. Exactly. That's even probably better than money. <laughs> it's and I I would tell people that like you know in my live streams i know there's donation but please just share just tell your friends about my music because that, that's more important like that it goes to more people yeah. than just like the financial thing totally yeah yeah man yeah it's 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 a difficult thing when you really truly just want to be a creator you know and and in living in a consumerist world yeah 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 yeah, it is weird. Yeah. It's fun too, I guess, like just to navigate everything. Because it, even for me, the whole marketing aspect of my career, it's also artistic. Yeah. Because you have to figure out like a way that works for you, a way that like represents you. Like you just, because I've bought books on online marketing and on the funneling and all these things. And I was like, oh, geez, like that, that doesn't speak to me. And I'm like, what am I going to funnel people into? You know, <laughs> like funnel them into another funnel. Yeah, it's like six <laughs> funnels and like this endless funneling. Well, that's just that's some asshole trying to make money. I mean, look, I'm sure there's some good tactics and stuff like that, but everybody thinks that they have the way. You know, it's like just follow my ten steps, and you'll be rich. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, that's not really working for me. You know. Yeah, because yeah, I know it's this. So- I'd rather do it a different way. Do it the way that you're that you feel most connected to. Totally. Yeah. And then they never tell you the steps. <laughs> well, you gotta like buy a, the next book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's sign like up a, for the course. A, like an endless funnel that like you never get the key to success that they claimed at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, well, think about it. There's a whole self help entrepreneur industry, right? Like yeah conferences and courses and books and coaches and everybody and there's like i mean i definitely have gotten into that uh like okay i gotta read the next book i gotta read the next book but then all you do like for me it's just like i read a book about like how to be better and then and then i'm on to the next one it's like there's no real lasting thing you know tony robbins right like Mm -hmm. one of the motivational speakers like pe- there's people that go to his things like all the time. The time I know. It's like, well, sh- shouldn't the mark of a good coach or guru just or entre- once? Yeah, you just like, dude. Here's what you got to do. I'll help you with it. Great, you're good. Okay, great. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a whole industry. Like everything becomes this like industry. Totally. You know, like we we we'll make sure that you're not like dying, but like you're just a little sick, so you can we can stay on these meds. And just like we'll just kind of keep that going. You yeah, know? yeah. Don't you find that weird how we then use that as like f- it makes us feel productive mm-hmm. or something? Like instead of actually do what you wanted to do, you put that energy onto like improving yourself or whatever to uh, someday do what you really want to do. <laughs> Dude, I do this, man. I'm guilty of this. Also, uh, not so much anymore, but in the past, like I would spend hours like. Uh, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, the seven habits. I'll do that in the morning. Oh, what else can I do? So all I'm doing now is consuming this information to try and make me better. 
and not actually doing it. But I <laughs> no. feel like I'm doing it because now I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, my friend Ramin Nazer has like a little comic strip uh, piece about that on Instagram. You know, he makes these little drawings and stuff. But, but yeah, what, what, uh, take, take me back even, even further. Like, what was it like growing up for you? And, you know, who, who are some of your big, like, influences and, and getting into music and how that all shape up? Tell me the, tell me the tale, the, the story. backstory. Yeah. The, the behind the music. Behind the music. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I love behind the music. Uh, well, I always loved music. You know, I, I grew up with my parents that like collect, especially my dad collects albums all the time. Like he's always buying, even from artists. And I'm like, really, Billie Eilish? Why would you buy a Billie Eilish album? <laughs> but like he, and, and, and as much as like a re-edition of John Coltrane or something, you know, yeah. like, so I grew up listening to every genre, genre of music in my household, like from Japanese music to classical classic rock so i feel like i i always had music in my head mm -hmm. playing all the time and at 12 when i finally started playing the guitar it was like oh my finally you know it felt like a relief because there was all this music that needed to happen and and at first i didn't compose he was just like man finally i can play all the songs that i listened to that i wish i could play so it always started like that. I, I never thought, uh, well, at the beginning, I never contemplated really writing my own material. It was just like fun to play other people's music. Yeah. Do you remember what songs you, you played first, like some of your favorite songs to play? Yeah, on? I remember I started with Guns N' Roses and and Hendrix, Zeppelin, yeah. Metallica. Yeah. And they're really the pivot point in my life that like i was like i would really want to do this forever is when i heard the metallica live album in mexico city like in 92 on the black albums tour and i heard a song called sanitarium and i remember just hearing the intro and i was like and and then hearing the audience that does yeah. i love live albums and just hearing <sighs> like people just going crazy with the intro and i was just like i want to do that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell yeah and that was that was it that was from there on i just never took that finger off the how you call it like of the line on the, i don't know there's a saying in, in spanish when you're following kind of like a book with your oh yeah 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 you never deviated from the i don't know what the expression yeah. i get expressions wrong all the time yeah so, yeah uh you just stayed the say the the path, yeah. Yeah, and at first... Was did you grow, where did you grow up again? In Mexico City. Okay. okay. Yeah. And until you were... Until I was 19. 19. In 19, I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. That's when I moved to the States, which is pretty young for a Mexican, actually, to leave the household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of my friends were in with their parents until they were like in their 20s. <laughs> like, yeah. I got some friends living in Mexico that are about my age. Yeah. Still living with their parents. Yeah, my sister didn't move out until she was like 33, 34. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, 19, it was because I my mission was music. I moved to go to the Musicians Institute in Hollywood and and pursuing that Hollywood dream, you know? like And I remember arriving to Hollywood and it's so awful. Like, 
It's not the way it's in the movies. No, well, I guess some yeah. movies painted the way it actually is. Some, but like, yeah, it's not like as glamorous n- or not all. spectacular as you would think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I showed up. And it was kind of cool. Like, I, I I was supposed to rent this place from this dude that like was part of the school. And apparently that he didn't work for it. So any, anyways, he was supposed to show up at the airport to pick me up. So I was there. And this is before cell phones. And, and I was like, nobody to pick me up. Went and there was still phone books at the on the phone f- booths. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm like trying to find this guy's name and nothing, and I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm just gonna get a taxi. And it was like full on like in a movie, you know, where I'm like, taxi where to Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Hollywood. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a motel in Hollywood. I was like, I need a place to stay for the night, and yeah. then I need to figure out what the hell where I'm gonna live, you know. And thankfully. Actually, my parents supported me financially all throughout. So it's like, at least I didn't have that. Like, I don't have money or all yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, that was the beginning of, of my U.S. experience. And I also had such a fun story when I was in, in, in immigration. I had all my paperwork for studying and all that. And, and the officer is like, oh, so you, why are you here? I'm like, I'm here to study music. He's like, are you the new Santana? He said that. <laughs> uh-huh. And and it's interesting because now I've heard it a few times now, like being uh, obviously I'm Mexican-American now that I, I have the citizenship too, just like Santana, and, and just creating this fusion of Latin flavor music with rock, mm-hmm. just like Santana did. So yeah. I, I, he was the first of a few in my path, like I said, that being the new Santana. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know much about Santana until I guess it was uh 99 or 2000. He put out some album. Yeah, with all the rockstar people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supernatural. Yeah. Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And he's got some great songs on the album. Most of them that I like are not the ones that were like the big top 40 ones or whatever, but then you know, whatever. I was just like, wow, this guy's dope. Like, I didn't know anything about him. Then some people were like, oh, you got to watch his Woodstock thing. And then someone was like, have you ever heard Abraxas by Santana? I was like, no. And so similar thing, my dad, like, I don't know. I looked at my, my dad's kind of like nerdy. No offense, dad. But, you know, he likes like uh, taking like photography and, you know, uh, old cameras and just very to himself and stuff. And I never looked at him as like someone that was like into rock or anything. And Mm -hmm. one day my parents were out and they had a record player and I didn't fucking, I didn't know. Like I was like downloading songs off Napster or whatever. And I was just like, what is this old record play? Why do they still have this? Like, what's the big deal? And then I started sifting through the albums and he's got, all these albums in there like Santana and uh, Bruce Springsteen and the Rolling Stones and Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. I'm like, what? Like what? Yeah. And then I put it on the record player. Whoa. I was like, okay, I get it now. I understand why the, like this is the sound. Mm-hmm. There's like a depth, like a richness to it. Totally. Yeah. 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 I'm actually getting ready to buy my first record player and they started collecting some Finals because yeah I I was in LA a couple of months ago my friend put a uh, the Black Star album David Bowie's his l- latest album and yeah. he had it on vinyl and and I've been listening to it on CD I actually had the CD of it and it f- sounded f- fuller yeah. than vinyl 
I was just like, wow, I, because I've been listening for the past few years. I don't know when it came out. So I kind of used to the sound of the city as it is. And then when I heard on vinyl, I was like, wow, like I haven't heard that little tiny thing over here on the left side. And then the right side, there is this other thing. Just really clear or something. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's it's clear, it's rich, it's it has depth, it has a more of a vitality to it or life to it. Yeah. Warmth. Yeah. Um and how do they how do they get the music in there? It's like it blows my the mind. Grooves that the grooves get read read by a needle. It's I mean and then transfer electricity into it's so bizarre. It's ma it's magic. Yeah. We live in a magical world. I mean it's yeah. crazy, you know. So when you, you got to L.A. and eventually you like figured out a place to live and all that kind of stuff. And then and then what from there? What was it like to uh, be, become the next Santana to yeah. fulfill this well, guy's dream at the immigration office? Yeah. Well, I, I spent a, a year at this school. It was supposed to be a year and a half program. And I tested out like I already had like a good level. And I think I could have even tested out more. But my English was still kind of like so-so. Uh, from spending most of my life speaking Spanish, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now it's only English. Uh, so I felt like a lot of my schooling there was learning everything of music in English, and but then I had also incredible like teachers that really inspired me, I, that changed my life. I, I took a f funk class with Ross Bolton. He was uh, he played with Tower of Power and many of the funk uh, big bands. Uh, couple classes with norman brown which is a, a jazz musician and just like seeing the la life that people there take it very serious like you see in mexico that people take music serious but they're like music nerds mm -hmm. like they just want to know as much as they can of theory and like know all the terms of musical been musical or whatever but in LA, people take it serious as a career. Right. They're not freaking like they have, they look the part. Mm -hmm. And that's something you don't see in Mexico. And just kind of see a, a whole town full of people playing the part. Mm. Because LA is like that. Everybody's playing a part for something. Right. Like yeah. either you're an actor or a musician or uh, a producer or whatever. Like everybody looks like the what you're supposed to look and drive the car that you're supposed to drive. Everything is very cliche, but that's such a great school in a sense. Just as, as a city, you learn a lot from that, and and I feel like my ethics, my musical ethics, and how I carry my career are a lot thanks to my life in LA. Okay, yeah, because there's a certain kind of energy that you're around. Every mm -hmm. you're like feeding off of the energy, and everybody's feeding off of the same kind of drive and wanting to make it and take it seriously. And yeah, play that part up. I mean, you know, we're we're here for a limited time on Earth. Like, what are we gonna just not play a part? Yeah, play the part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it takes you. you it takes a lot though from you, you know, to like get out of your shell as yeah. well. And like learn how your part looks, right? Because you and that's what happened to me. I I saw everybody's part, and I, now that we're putting that analogy, and I didn't know where who I was. I already at this point played for like maybe ten or something years, and I felt lost. Like I've been playing other people's music, I have nothing to show for. 
you know so i actually quit playing for like six months mm. like i felt so depressed i finished school and and that was like a heavy drinking time in my life you know so i just like submerged myself in drinking and and but not playing much uh eventually i had to make a living too uh once my my parents were not supporting me anymore so i started teaching and i was like well i kind of reconnect to the instrument in its basics almost once you start teaching people from like hey here's a chord and at some point i had an eight-year-old seven-year-old student noah benner dude that that kid changed my life and and i changed his life too he was just this beautiful more like sensei disciple life experience and he, he was my first student that when i asked him like why why do you want to learn how to, why, to play the guitar he like to write my own songs mm. and i was on that quest and wow no, no school taught me that right. like none of the universities that I, or like institutes or teachers ever have that mentality to like hey we have to cr create musicians for to be creative it's more like we're creating musicians to be badass players mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah so like the schools are basically teaching you like what the fundamentals yeah. the theory the history yeah and, and, and how to improvise what the scales and all this theory and but none of them are pushing anyone to create right and so to me that's missing so mm. much in the school system of in in regards of music and, yeah. and i don't know if all the arts are kind of probably not but yeah yeah i mean it's like um you know like history they're like here's what here's what happened memorize that and then regurgitate it and we'll get a give you a grade but they don't really spend a lot of time on critical thinking or analysis like what do you think about that like yeah. how does that feel for you or and how could you make this yours perhaps like okay now that i taught you this write a two-minute song with this theory yeah i don't know stuff like that so this kid i started teaching him he could barely even hold the guitar and barely even press the strings and sometimes he would cry because the pain of pressing the strings and everything and i would just have to encourage him so he taught me the simplicity of songwriting. I have this, because he was also like a virtuoso songwriter, mm -hmm. like so crazy. And I'm seeing this kid flowering in front of me and teaching me that I shouldn't worry about all this theory and, and try to be as fast as possible and like throw all the notes that I can in one song. It's like, you can write a song with two notes. Mm. I'm like, holy crap. He changed my life. Wow. And it was, he unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. He got killed in a drunk driving situation. Holy shit. And at, at 24. Oh my God. He, we always had like these parallel lives, you know, and, and we were always releasing albums. Like when he released his first album or his first few songs, I released my first album. So it was just so amazing to have that relationship with Noah. Wow. And and I always say that thanks to him, I'm where I'm at right now too. Yeah. And it was just so incredible how through teaching too, you, you learn a lot. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That must have been tough when that happened. 
it, yeah, it was just so bizarre. He was like my little brother, you yeah. know. He, I think I stopped teaching him when he was seventeen, maybe. Uh, I helped him record his first EP and all that. Like with his, with his, the help of his dad, we hired even amazing musicians too. Hired um, Kenny Arnoff. He's like an amazing session player. Uh, Chris Cheney, which is the bass player for Jane's Addiction. Oh, wow. And the pr the producer, engineer was the guy that did the hoodie and the blowfish. So it was also a great experience for me too. Like, And uh, once I moved here and I started traveling, we always stay in touch. He always makes sure to call me on my birthday. I will call him on his birthday or New Year's or Christmas. So yeah, when I heard the news, dude, like his dad called me just crying and I was just like, what the fuck? Like he was just like surreal, you know? And like Noah got killed by a drunk driver. And as a pedestrian, even. He was just waiting to cross the fucking light and, and Jesus. the drunk driver crossed the red light. And <laughs> so it's just like, even more reason for not drinking, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking that as you were saying that, like, it's, it's almost like these people that come into our lives can be these great teachers and have this great wisdom and this great spirit and be it this like mirror for us as well and offer their gifts and then, and then they're gone. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. You know, like, do you feel like, do you feel like some, like, do you feel like you need to like carry something on for him or? For, for sure. And that's like, he, uh, his parents asked me to, to speak in his, in a funeral uh, memorial. And that's what I told them. I'm like, now I'm carrying something that I started with Noah. You know, like we both started like this journey and now i'm like i have this duty to continue it's like i now i'm having both of our torches <laughs> kind of thing right right yeah he, he was like hey man here take mm -hmm. this yeah wow did what was it like when you started to write your own music what was that process like like trusting yourself or it was just messing around or did you plan it out? Like, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, flamenco was the part in, in the whole story that really helped me out with that. Cause it's like, I, I, I would sit down with the electric guitar and try to write like metal riffs and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this just sounds like Metallica or this sounds like Iron Maiden. And I'm like, this just didn't sound like me. And when I started playing flamenco guitar, it was almost like it made a click between my hands and the ability to play an instrument and my emotions, mm. which was always missing. So I was able to tap into that kind of storytelling thing that even though it was not very like materialized, now it is a little more it was like teaching me that i could connect to a part of me that i then i could tell stories with the instrument mm. you kind of found your groove uh -huh. like your um easy method of translation exactly from like source through you Ex out to, to the vibration sounds uh -huh. 
Yeah, yeah, and it was really thanks to flamenco and the rhythms and the expression of the instrument, the dynamics, and when I was just like, well, I need to start making my own music, it was just almost, I didn't have to plan it. It was bizarre. It was just like all of a sudden I started pouring out of me. Like my first EP, I think I did four original songs and one cover. And it was just like, boom. They were just almost writing themselves. And to this day, that's how I see the whole process of songwriting for me. It's not that I sit down and I'm like, today I'm going to write about this because I'm going through this and this and that. It's almost like they're floating around and all of a sudden, like they go into me like, oh, oh shit, now I need to finish this. Like I need to write, I need to compose this music that just came to me. Mm. Yeah. And, and and usually what happens is like they come to me while I'm going through something. So it's almost like they help me process things. It's almost like the spirit sends me like you need this song to process what you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, almost like uh, a meditation. You you you. Yeah. I mean, do you like? Hey, I'm 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 going through something. Let me just pick up the guitar as a. Th- therapy kind of thing and just strum away and and then something will come yeah heavily yeah I mean, when i try to write they don't it doesn't have it doesn't work yeah. <laughs> yeah. when i'm like i need to write a new song and then i have hundreds of ideas on my phone and when i listen back to it i'm like no there's no no and usually it's the ones that just come to me and they just they they tell me like hey finish me it's so funny it's uh the the it's like something that's just wanting to be born and then we have all these plans like oh man like i really want this to work out and i re- if i could just work on that one and you write them down and you have the notes and you have the ideas and it's like we think that that's going to be good but then the thing that we're supposed to do just comes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. My, my my friend said it best on this show i really liked what he said he said the that that Everything, he said, eternity, wait, what did he say? He said, he said, all art and creation is available in the vaults of eternity waiting for us to excavate them. Mm-hmm. It like, is, it you is. You just open up the door and there, everything's there and you go, oh yeah, I'll take a little of that, I'll take a little of that. Yeah, it's crazy, it yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's been such a beautiful spiritual experience and actually now that I've I've taken on more of a spiritual practice through meditation and like learning Eastern philosophies and all this type of thing. At first I was like, man, like I started so late. And I'm like, shit, I have so much, I have to reach enlightenment before my soul. Like I don't want to reincarnate. I don't know, like I, I will create all these stories after reading all these books. And then I realized like, oh my God, I've been doing it with a guitar for over two decades yeah like all these practices of letting go of free of judgment of discipline of showing up every single day i've been doing this with a guitar the whole time because mm. you gotta practice all those things that you do on a spiritual practices you gotta do them all the time with the instrument because you gotta be gentle with yourself you know it takes a process it takes time yeah. until you are comfortable you gotta like sh- 
have the discipline to do it every single day. Um, sometimes you have to let go of like that. Like I record and I'm like, no. And then erase. Yep. Like, so it's just, it's just so many practices that are part of a spiritual journey. I've been doing them without realizing all my life with the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's an extension of you, right? Yeah. And you found the perfect one that's like an extension of you and, and you're able to uh, share with the world feelings. How does it come? Do you, do you, does it come in feelings? Does it come in visions, pictures, images, sensations, all of it together? All of it, all of yeah. it together. Yeah. It's intense too because some of them are very intense in the sense that like they come during a time in my life that maybe I was going through something or whatnot. So every time I play life, they come back. That comes back. So it's just like, you know, I have a song, California, you know, that like it was during my divorce and like a big ch transition in my life and just kind of like honoring the past and, and that whole life and moving on to the new. Till this day when I play it, it's like all those emotions come back again. So I, I, sometimes I cry on stage as yeah. I'm playing it because it's just like, whoa, yeah, they're still there. It's a part of you. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you a gypsy? <laughs> I th think I somehow became one without planning it. Because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you have I th part one and two, right? Yeah. And three, two? Yeah, Is yeah, yeah. Three's out? Mm, it's kind of like I'm releasing singles. Singles, okay. Instead of waiting for the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the that, gypsy journey. About? Yeah, the gypsy journey. <laughs> it was so bizarre, you know, because I went to Spain and I was not a gypsy when I went to Spain to study flamenco. And it's like the life called me into it. I, like literally I end up hanging out with the gitanos, with the gypsies in Spain by default it was like i it was like i was one of them and they accepted me as one of them too which is very rare like gypsies are very like and and i plugged myself into and i was el mexicano like the, the whenever they see me on the streets they were like, el mexicano they would recognize me and so i ended up like hanging out with them sometimes like doing palmas like the clapping as they're like playing guitar and singing and it was just like whoa like this is so raw mm. they're not doing it f to be on stage because I'm co i came from la with the whole like playing the part story and all of a sudden i'm here with these people that it was it's kind of like going like i related to the blues it's almost like going to the deep south and all of a sudden you're jamming with these three black dudes yeah. playing like burner, slide burner, guitar and, yeah. <laughs> and they're just doing it because they have to not because right like they need they need it they you know they need it for their soul, soul they need to yeah they need to do it they have to do it yeah, yeah. so I, if I, that like ignited that in me that i was like whoa this is like taking music to another level like that is not just to show off like here's my technique this is how badass i play or or like, let me just write like a, a song that's gonna change the world. It's just like, just because you have to. It's like the spirit, and and in fact, on 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 the flamenco, how do you call it? Like culture, mm -hmm. they say that to be a good flamenco player or or a dancer, or whatever, you need duende, 
which is a, a like a dark spirit, uh, an elf mm-hmm. that connects to that, to the pain, to the mm. suffering, to all these things, to be able to like pff, express it. And I heard even f- there when I was there, like you have duende, like so I was like, whoa, I guess I do have duende. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that to me when I hear something like that, I think of a sort of like a archetypal shaman. Mm-hmm. You know, like um transmuting taking in the sorrow, the suffering, experiencing it, experience all of it, the joy, the suffering, the pain, and then transmuting it into a frequency that hits other people and they feel that Mm -hmm. too. And it's like a reminder or remember a remembrance of like who we are and what we are and the emotions that we experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so beautiful. It's been such medicine for me. Yes, and and, and me too. Like, I just love it. I mean, like you know, I'll put your music on in the house. And I'm like walking around. Like, if I have to do boring chores and I'm like cleaning, I'm like, damn it, you know what make this better? A little hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, great, awesome. Now I feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 so proud to have been chosen to to do this. You know, and because I don't know if I necessarily. I obviously make the decision, but I felt like this spirit was like, "You'll do this," and and it took me some time to accept the mission as uh, as it is. Why? Uh, because see, my ego was involved first. What did the ego want? The ego just wanted recognition and to be like a badass, and you know, like the whole fame, fortune, like being a rock star type of thing, you know. Yeah. And and there's way more than that and and I, I i even see that a lot of rockstar people end up realizing that too yeah at some point right that we hold such a beautiful thing that is a gift for the world right and then we're this channel to like give it to the world uh, it's just such a it's it's amazing, you know. It's like it's and it's it it's a lot of power too, and that's why I think it gets in a lot of people's egos and heads because all of a sudden people are like praising you and right and all these things. And I've been working so hard to not fall into just like do it for the praise, but do it because I have to. Yeah, um, and uh, and that it's I, I was chosen to help others even through my music too. Yeah. Yeah, there's something special about having people that really love you too, where you're not like, I don't know, I don't even know who the musicians are right now that are like mainstream top 10 or whatever the hell, top 40. Um, But I imagine that there's just a lot of people that don't really care about them or don't really know them or don't really, it's just like passive. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's on the radio? What's on the top Spotify thing or whatever it is. But when you have like true fans that really appreciate your work and love you and support you, it's almost like, I mean, I don't know what the other side is, but I mean, that's great. It's great. It's a great thing. Well, it is, as you mentioned earlier, kind of like being a shaman, it's almost like being that priest or something that like people come and it's like, hey, I need, I need you right now to connect me back to God, right? Yeah. So I think sometimes artistry and any music or whatever form 
it helps the audience to connect with the divine. Definitely, definitely. What would the mu- what would the world be like without music? Imagine. <laughs> it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Imagine a world, if you will, with no music. With no music, except one man found a flamenco guitar. Yeah, <laughs> bringing the the message to the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's everything. I mean, I I just I love it so much, and yeah, I mean, when you were playing around the fire at our retreat, and like, it was like fucking magical. Like it was magical. It's just watching the flames turning into smoke and everybody's faces glowing from the fire and you just in the zone. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it was healing. Like, it was, it was healing. It's medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's such and a pe- blessing. People will say that there's, like, medicine music, right? Like, there's this, like, distinction between, sure. well, this is medicine music, but I think all music is medicine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously there's intentional for certain purposes, I guess, that could be considered medicine music, but all of it. Yeah. We all use it for something yeah. when you need it. You know, you're heartbroken and people are like, I want to put Adele. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that might help you through what you're going yeah. in that moment. Going totally. through. That's so. how I use it. I use it as tools to enhance my life and my, and my, and my being. Totally. You know, like, so I listen to everything. And yeah, I tend to listen to like metal when I'm in the gym, yeah, working out. Because you need that energy. That I need that power, energy. Right? Like I imagine, like you know, I'm listening to like Iron Maiden or something, and like I'm imagining that I'm there, and it's like you're hanging at the gallows pole. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna die. Like, yeah, gonna, yeah, like, yeah. Or like, yeah, Metallica. Like, run the through the hills. Yeah, run you know, for your you're like on the treadmill you're like yeah. yes i am exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and then you know me- meditative music or things like that but yeah i mean it's uh and and i think like you have the kind of music you could put on like for a lot of different situations i think so you do yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I believe so too i obviously don't hear myself like that because when i listen to my music i'm analyzing what could have i could have done better (laughs) of course yeah but definitely i made some notes i'll give it to you yeah but i definitely (laughs) heard of people that like like you said like for cleaning or just chilling around the house or driving or actually meditating or i've heard people use it at in in their classroom to calm kids down definitely I could see that definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like it just makes them like, oh, like kind of focus or something. Yeah. A cooking. That's another one. Yeah. I like to throw on when I'm cooking. F- f- romantic too. Ro- a romantic scene. Definitely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Light some candles and yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What, um, who, what do you, who do you look at now when in the world? Like, do you look at, or who do you like? What do you, what do you listen to and where do you gain, gain inspiration from? And is it other musicians or is it, just life and you know mm. yeah obviously a little bit of everything life itself brings so much inspiration just the stories around us always spark tri- triggers good and bad you know that i think can become inspiration for art uh, but in regards of music i go all over the place because I go through seasons that I listen, I, like for example, a couple months ago, I was going through a season that I was just only listening to Latin music from like salsa to boleros to 
bachatas mm -hmm. like just because i wanted to feel those rhythms in my body yeah you know like integrate them because i was like i don't listen to latin music enough and sometimes i do it like very specific as a process to integrate things that i want to eventually use in my music mm -hmm. so i was doing that with that purpose and l recently i've been listening to a lot of classical music mm. Just because I'm like, I, I, I'm tired of drums and electric guitars and all that, like, young kids' music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, and cl classical just has such richness. Yeah. That is just so incredible. Like, nothing repeats ever, you know? You, you have all these harmonies and all these movements and all these dynamics. And same thing, I, I, I love... Yeah, to integ integrate all those things to eventually use them. Yeah. Like almost, I don't want to say steal ideas, but it is kind of like stealing. Well, you're getting inspiration. Yeah. I mean, it, you're, 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 you're getting inspiration right from like maybe tones, sound, like mm -hmm. all over the place, right? Yeah. Because you hear it all. Yeah. I mean, classical music, I, I love classical music. And, you know, sometimes uh, I listen to it and, like I'll cry. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's super I'm just emotional. Like, Holy shit, this is so moving. Holy shit. That's why it's used for a film. Yeah. Because it's charged with such emotional like because when you hear a rock song that might be like a heartbreak rock song, mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't sound like a heartbreak rock song, you know, it's until you hear the lyrics. Yeah. But musically it's just you know, the classic drum beat. But what classical music really does is like oh, really like creates a soundtrack of for the emotions that are happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and that's why I decided to embark myself into a, a instrumental music, which at first I was literally scared. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make a living make, doing instrumental music because. 80 90 percent of music has lyrics and vocals like music has become almost like backing of a vocalist and and i love when music is the character yes when he's in the one telling you the story with yes. sounds yes yes yeah definitely yeah i agree with that sometimes i i mean as i've gotten older i'd say probably the last 10 years last 10 years of my life i've i've listened to probably more instrumental music than vocal mm -hmm. music i'd say that that's definitely true and i and a lot of the music that i listen to with vocals is usually like classic rock or cla like older music you know mm -hmm. yeah pink floyd and stuff oh man like did you hear that that lyric or uh, maybe radiohead but radiohead's got that kind of like sing songy uh, that, yeah. every song has that the same singing style yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah so yeah. it's uh but uh but yeah when when you when you let the the music you know, the music speak for itself it's powerful yeah it's like what you said before actually you don't have to add all this stuff. That's probably a, a mistake that a lot of younger musicians make is like trying to showcase all the things they know, the talents. Oh, I'll put this here and I'll put that there and I'll do this there. But really, I, I think it's uh, the ability to kind of like feel a song. Like, for example, actually recently, two artists that I like a lot, uh, East Forest and John Hopkins, uh, made a 
a song, like a meditative song uh, with Ramdas, with an old Ramdas recording. Mm-hmm. And East Forest played uh, the song on his podcast, the original version uh, that he that he was working on. And it was amazing. It was great. And then he collaborated with John and John like stripped it down and and refined it. Like like East Forest version was still really great, but it's like a whole different song. And now it becomes this kind of like ambient meditative thing. Sure. And it was like I was like, oh yeah. Like when you strip it down, there's it's sometimes it's about what you don't add or what you take away. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of almost like with cooking. Like if you had, I don't know, for those that are vegetarians, this might not work for you guys, but uh, like a good steak, yeah, you're not going to add a bunch of things to that. Right. Just maybe some salt, some pepper. That's and it. And then you're good to go. You're good to go. Four minutes on each side, medium rare. Yeah. Take it off. Five minutes. Don't touch it. Let it sit there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the most delicious meal ever. <laughs> it's so crazy that like we as human beings think that we need to do so much. Yeah. But usually we just create a mess when we do that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. if we just step out of the way and allow the thing to unfold, because then we think, oh, well, what am I really doing? I need to do, 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 do. And it's like, no, nah, man. We get on the way of Just things. facilitate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like with the whole quantum field, no, yeah. that like the less you get on the way the more it works with you Mm -hmm. the more you're like forcing things and i'm wishing like which is just almost it's like out of tune or something it's like like a guitar that is out of tune so it's like never gonna sound right but once you like just chill and let it be and just strum it and it's just like boom yeah like the best that's to me that's I, I even trained myself on the guitar to, and this is years ago when I was 16, I remember seeing, a, a, I don't know if you ever heard of Steve Vai, like mm-hmm. this, and he had like an article in a magazine or something, and he was talking about tapping into your emotions as you play. And he's like, just try that, like do a band and, and think that you're like angry or like that. So I started practicing that. So I will just play one note and think of a story or an emotion and just play it over and over Mm. and just like reaffirm the emotion as I'm playing the note. Mm -hmm. And it worked because now that's how I feel like I play. Like I don't play just to strum an instrument. It's right away, it makes me feel something. Like as soon as I hit a a note, the way I hit it, it sparks an emotion. Mm. Yeah, it's got that resonance, that Mm -hmm. extra resonance in it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, because we're so we're fucking emotional yeah. beings, you know. Like we're sensitive yeah, as yeah. humans, and to think that we could separate ourselves from that, you know, like I like I've heard people talk about music. It's just like, oh, it just sounds too like overly polished or overproduced or too mechanical or robotic, and you know, like I don't know, like some pop studio forty whatever Britney yeah, sure. Spears or something like that, whatever. Whoever the I don't even know what the music is nowadays. I have no idea. Like I I don't. Billie Eilish you you mentioned before I think is yeah. like f- very popular, um, but I don't know her. I don't know her music. But you know, I mean, <clears throat> there's a difference. I think you can you can feel it in your soul. You know, you know when you something feels real raw. You real. yeah. You, you there's no doubt yeah. for sure. You know. 
Yeah. And uh, it's so beautiful, especially with kids. Those don't have, they don't have a filter, right? Yeah. And I've been now a, a dad and getting to see my daughter just grow up and just seeing, especially being around music. My God, like she had the year already. I remember one time when she was like maybe seven or eight, we were watching this live band in a fair or something. And they were not that good. You know, everything was like tense and just like, obviously they didn't have mastery of their instruments and stuff. So it's, and, and she even said like, there's something weird with this band, <laughs> you know? I'm like, this just doesn't sound right. And yeah, because they're battling their instruments. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they're not in, in the zone, just flowing. When somebody like, it sounds stressful. When right. somebody's like stressed on, on stage. Yeah. You you cannot lie to an audience. Right. It's like once you're on stage, talk about vulnerability, you know? <laughs> like yeah. like there you cannot lie to them. And it's intense because you f- you feel like everybody sees through you. Like as soon as I feel like I'm doubting or something, I'm like, Oh my god, everybody's feeling this right now. <laughs> like, Yeah. They are. They are. They are. Yeah, because they're so they're tuned in yeah. so much to you because yeah. you're the center point of attention, right? And you're tuned into them because you need right, like you kind of mm-hmm. want that energy from them too, in a sense. Would yeah. you say? Yeah. What's that relationship like between you and the, and audience? the audience? Yeah, it's intense because especially now that people are more distracted than ever, like you want to feel that connection to. I guess perform your best too. Otherwise, like if they're distracted, you get distracted and then it becomes like this just full on distracted show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost like you have to really command their attention. And the only way to really do that, I feel like to me is when I really, ha- I, it's a spirit needs to speak through me. Like I cannot do it with my mind that I'm like, I need their attention. I just have to let go of the need for their attention and just be like, Spirit, just use me right now. And and usually when I let go, that's when people all of a sudden like gravitate towards yeah. the music. Yeah, it's amazing. It's the, the backwards law. Yeah. Like, you know, we were trying to like force or create or do something, push something, make something happen, want something so badly. Then no. bye-bye. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. then you, as soon as you like surrender that, yeah. Shit comes to you and you're like, oh, wow, that was easy. Yeah. Oh, I just had to be my fucking self and I chill out. I know, I know. <laughs> we complicate ourselves so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's been such a beautiful journey. Uh, li- really, music to me has been my religion. Yeah. It's been my my guru. I Like, I don't need anybody. They just music guides me. And, and the more now that I've studied some like guru teachings and, and uh, philosophies, I'm like, wow, I've been doing this all this time. Like music has been guiding me. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's funny when you have been doing the thing and then you read about something and it's, and then you're like, oh yeah, well, I didn't, I guess I didn't need to, to, sometimes you don't always need to know the the definition of what that thing is if you can cultivate that feeling just go with it mm-hmm. just stay with mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. yeah where does um so i mentioned the retreat a couple times so uh, listeners of the show will know 
we at the end of August we held a uh, a retreat called Permission. Javi was there. <laughs> Javi was fucking there, <laughs> and uh, he brought it. And you know that was uh, that was our first big like men's work retreat. Now we're doing more gatherings and stuff, uh, working with plant medicines, fungi medicines. What? Where did you? Where did you hop into this journey of like? work and men's work and psychedelic work or therapy or is it just something that yeah what how did that fit into your life and when did that come about uh it's, it was very bizarre because it almost came to me like it, it was full-on manifesting it in a sense like first i got in like in regards of the men's work i got into carl jung's uh work to the whole archetypes and all this, but then also the initiation and the lack how men, we don't have the ritual of, uh, how do you call it? Rites uh, of passage. Rites of passage, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wish I could have something like that. And and also to reconnect to men in, li in my life because I feel like I mostly have female friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like women tend to be more they listen better you know you're able to express yourself more and I think that's why a lot of people a lot of men end up using their partner a lot as a, <laughs> a, a punching bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah just dumping everything on yeah, them yeah 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 which yeah. is dangerous like mm -hmm. they're there and they're with their love and obviously it's beautiful but I think having men to provide that for other men it's more powerful and then we can show up with more power in our relationships totally basically. yeah and and that's something that i started like contemplating and bill full-on just presented it to me I'm like, oh cool it started with bill yeah oh sweet yeah nice awesome like i started like, my relationship with bill is like he started taking lessons with me yeah and then What's nice with teaching somebody like Bill is that I was able to approach the guitar lessons in a spiritual way. Like I started like with not every student is receptive in this form, you know. Right, right. So I think he's so material in me to to have to bring that to the table in the men's work. Yeah. Uh, where maybe I, I, I feel like I have a lot of female energy more than my my male energy. You know, I'm not like a physical guy. I don't, I don't like f exercise really. You know, I do Tai Chi, which I find like that's very feminine. In yeah. a sense. Awesome. I did some today yeah, yeah. with our brother Nathan. Yeah. And, and then being an artist, you know, you had to tap a lot into the fe feminine energy. Sure, sure. So I felt like I needed that masculine part coming into my life and... And then Bill presented. I was like, "Okay, perfect. Yeah. I needed it." And it was right after my forty-first birthday, so I was like, "Okay, this is my rite of passage kind of experience." Yeah, it's so important to have that rite of passage because, you know, you look at the world and who's in charge and all of the things that people are doing. They're all people. They, they none of them have had that rite of passage, and they get stuck in the kind of corporate money consumerist greed grind. And they never see a way out of it, you know. And, and and not only that, but we get stuck as little boys. Yep. That we're never told, like, hey, now you're a man. Fucking 
step into it, dude. <laughs> get your like, shit together. Yeah, like, get your so shit like, together. As I told like, you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, someone said something like really nice around the fire at our house or whatever. <laughs> and But it was also like, yeah, you're like the man of the house now and all this shit. And Javi just turns to me and goes, time to get your shit together, bro. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, you're so right. Yeah. Well, I guess like it would be nice if because I I don't know if I my dad ever told me maybe the way he told me never really supported like honoring that it's almost like just when we hear that it's just like dude like what's up you suck yeah you know instead of like now you're a man we are looking at you as a man yeah. you know like the man the man around you like your grandpa your un- uncles whatever honor you as now a man. Instead of still a boy that has to get his shit together. Yep. You know, which I think that's what's been missing in our society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a, a proper rite of passage in a lot of uh, older traditions where the boy around like 12, 13, somewhere around that age. Mm-hmm. You know, the way I heard it was Joseph Campbell explained it as like, women sort of naturally have a more powerful rite of passage biologically. Sure. They bleed, they yeah, get a period. That's it. So that is a very, you know, and granted there can be more of a tradition for that for women too. Like in, in older traditions that they would also have like the tents, the, the moon tents and mm-hmm, things like that where mm-hmm. women would go. And so, you know, I get that, that, that could be more of a tradition here as well, but for the boys, there really isn't anything. I don't know. What do you have? Like a wet dream one night, and you're like, "Oh, I guess that happens now," yeah. or something. Like, you yeah. know. But like, there needs to be sort of boys need to be kind of, you know, grabbed and and like, hey, you're you you can still have fun, but you're becoming a man. Yeah. And now you, you have responsibilities. You and- have to carry on the traditions and the values and the morals of our way. Otherwise, yeah, we're in a total fucking mess because that's just not happening. But with the reintroduction of this kind of stuff, I mean, I've made more friends in the past like year, you know, than I have in a a long time. And it's like just that connection. Actually, Bill, he played a song. He played a guitar song in a medicine ceremony a couple weeks ago. And afterwards, he said that was the first time I played for that many people before and he's like, I was like nervous, but I just like kept going. And I was like, dude, it was amazing. Like it was amazing. Uh-huh. And it's so funny how we can be our own like biggest critics. But like when you're a kid, you're a kid, you're just, you're just going for it. Mm-hmm. You're just going for it. You're just doing it, you know? And then somewhere along the way, we, we judge ourselves more. But yeah, thanks for teaching him because he played that awesome song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all his practice, really. That ultimately what makes you better you know like as a teacher maybe you're only 10 percent of the journey then the 90 is your own practice yeah so what what's uh what do you what do you got going on right now what's what are you what are you working on what's what's happening what are you excited about what's the new the new era yeah Uh, i'm working on new music i'm gonna be releasing a solo album because a lot of my albums, like the Gypsy Journey Part 1 and 2 and the singles of the 3, have been with a full band. Mm-hmm. And right now, I just want to focus on just the guitar. My Talking about like the true fans that I have, they all they say, like, it's nice to hear your songs with all these instruments and stuff. Well, we just love the guitar. 
So I want to give some space for the guitar to just do what it does. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Without filling it up with all these things like drums, bass, sax, violin, and which is fun. I, I love producing things sure. in that level, in that capacity, but having just the guitar speaking. And now when I listen back to the tracks that I've been recording, I'm like, this is beautiful, actually. Nice. It's almost like getting, getting to hear myself deeper. Mm. And when I hear like the full production, it's like I'm only hearing all these ideas that I had and everything. And now I'm almost like getting to hear like, like an intimate relationship with myself. Wow, that's really exciting. I can't, so are you, are you playing like that? You have shows you're playing, right? And, yeah, yeah, and yes. And I'm just doing mostly solo great. gigs. Awesome. And yeah. Yeah, they're very intimate and very like raw and vulnerable, if you want to call it. Because yeah, yeah you don't have a, ba a band behind you. And when I'm telling my stories and then it's just a guitar and the audience in front of me, it's just like, boom. And like, yeah, that's here awesome. I am. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you got coming up? Um have three new songs that I'm working on and then I'm releasing some of the old songs as a solo with just the guitar. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, like uh, live performances, shows, uh, live streams. In regards of that. I, I think I saw a live stream thing that yeah, you're I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing a live stream on Monday, the 25th for Facebook. Okay. That is my first attempt to ask people to pay for it. Okay. <laughs> it's like a ticketed, now Facebook allows events, like ticketed events on live streams. Cool. Um, I don't know if people are willing. Apparently, it's not going too well. Like, even though I ask a lot of people, like, who wants me to go live? And I had hundreds of people. I said, like, yeah, yeah. And now nobody's buying tickets for it. Dang. When it's free, it's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we can get this. If we can get this out before Monday, yeah. maybe we can help you out. Uh, and, but then I have uh, a band show. Actually, I'm doing a, a Christmas show. Oh, cool. So I'm doing some Christmas songs. We, I actually released in 2009 I released a Christmas album oh you did? yeah oh shit I didn't know is that on Spotify? no no because it, like you had to get the rights stuff oh okay so I only play them live oh cool oh nice and and back in the day I made some CDs that I was able to just sell on yeah. shows yeah it's kind of annoying when you have to you can't put them out there and license you know, them yeah I get flagged a lot for shit yeah on the show and stuff like 12 tracks that i need to license yeah can i license a track from you to play on the show yeah on this episode give you permission all right sweet permission, permission baby <laughs> yeah but nice. yeah like and yeah the goal is next year you know it's i've been playing the same sh kind of shows i guess for way too long so i'm ready for the next level and and releasing this new material i just want to have the 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 content to be able to sell the show to the world i guess yeah because my plan is to tour like you can only do so much as a as a local artist right then you burn yourself out you burn the audience out you, you like they, they have enough of you yeah. When was the last time that you were on tour? I mean, because, you know, with the COVID thing and everything. Yeah. like Shit's been like kind of... Yeah, because I, I did mostly North American kind of tour, like Canada, Mexico, a few states in the States. And that was like the last one was 2018, 19. Yeah. Do you like touring? I love touring. It's in, It's hard. Yeah. It's intense. Takes a toll on you, but I feel like now that I have, like, I love 
the path that my life has been taking and even with my spiritual practice and so i feel like i i have certain goals now as, as i tour like not only just play at night but but also find yoga studios or why not like to facilitate some music for meditation or mm-hmm. maybe for breath work and so then i feel up with light too because I don't know, playing at night and unfortunately music is surrounded with alcohol and right, right. people partying. So I want to like balance it out too. The, that way when I'm touring, it's not just based like waiting all day to play at night and then you have this amazing night and then the next you're all alone again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So you get maybe, you know, there's there's different, yeah, yoga studios or parts or yeah different kind of my events teaching also doing master classes as i'm on tour too oh cool in the town that i'm in and find 10 people or whatever from the town and yes do more things than just because before it was just playing and partying yeah now you have more energy too yeah because you're not hungover yeah 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 that's awesome man yeah and you have to do interviews, and there's just a lot that goes to it. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, what did you are you doing like radio shows and stuff, <laughs> like ten minute segments or something? Yeah, or, so that's yeah. half an hour. What What do they ask you? Like, what do you like? Do they like? What do you play? Hey, what are you playing? And what do you? Yeah, like your story. They sometimes or they there's been interviews where they have like a specific theme. A theme, uh, okay. A theme that then just talk about that. Okay, yeah, because I always think like if you're doing like a like morning radio or like something like that, like you only have like a limited amount of time, so mm-hmm. you know, which really pl- is promotional. Promotion, you're plugging your thing. You're plugging yeah. in the, the the single, the album, or whatever you're doing, the show. Yeah, and then bam, just done. Like quickie. Yeah. I like that now with podcasts. Uh, there's like a uh, like bigger space to share more no like it seems sure like, yeah like, like this like we've been talking for over an hour or so yeah so yeah you go deeper yeah yeah what's uh let's get let's go even deeper what's what's something that you want to share with the people <laughs> that uh maybe that really is like a big part of your life and informs your life informs your music and maybe it's a a little personal to you Hmm. That's not really a great a great question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I was trying to think of something specific, but I mean, I know you mentioned your daughter and your your spiritual practice, right? So, and the music itself. Um, so, I'm just trying to figure out, like, is what else is there that makes you you? Is there a particular moment or event in your life? that really stood out as, as shaping you that we didn't already talk about, you mm-hmm. know, or, or something like that? Well, right now, I think, obviously, we have this, like, common reality that the world faced because of the COVID experience. And, and to me, what brought to light the most was, like, to to tap even deeper to our own intuition. Like there's just so much information out there for everything. And it, it's, a ghost, it's so black and white too, that it's like, 
we're forced almost to take a side on everything mm. and we're forgetting that we carry wisdom already <laughs> and and that to me has been huge i've been really practicing that like the past two years or so when all these things started because I'd, right away i felt like man like this is powerful this is a big opportunity for us to grow like as soon as it started like because i was like oh my god this is the first time that the streets are empty we're all in lockdown facing ourselves finally what are we gonna do and unfortunately i've seen a lot going wrong <laughs> in yeah. society because of that because people are not willing to face themselves yeah like when people take journeys of plant medicine the, a lot are scared right yeah that some don't even want to do it and they're not scared of the medicine they're scared of themselves right we're scared of the, our, ourselves what what do we gonna look like how does it look inside for real and i've been willing to see all that without even the medicine like to really face who you are all the time and accept that like I've been too lazy on this. I could be better on this. The way I express myself could be a lot better. Like it's all there. Like we, if we contemplate deeply yeah. and that's why meditation helps a lot to like really contemplate things. So I, maybe sometimes it's not meditation. You're sitting on contemplation, which can be different than meditation. Mm -hmm. I think contemplating is a great path to get to know ourselves more and and see what can I do better, what needs fixing, and and then do it. Yeah, doing it—that's the next challenge, right? Yeah, because we can all contemplate everything and and even accept it. And I I've seen so many people that say like, yeah, I'm quitting drinking. And people that say it out loud, I always like, you're probably gonna be drinking in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You don't say the things out loud first. Just do it and be like, I haven't been drinking for a year now. Like, oh shit, we didn't even realize, <laughs> you know? Right. I didn't say it when I did it. I just did it. Just do it. Yeah. And the more I feel like sometimes we we say things, it's like to piece our mind that like we're on the path of doing something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we kind of. Um can trick ourselves sometimes mm -hmm. to think that we've already b done the thing. Yeah. Because we've said it out loud. We've uh -huh. told other people. Other people think we're doing it, but uh -huh. we're not doing no, it. No, we're not doing it. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm done. I, <laughs> I downloaded this app called 75 Hard. It's like this challenge for 75 days you do something. So as soon as you download the app, it starts. You go. And if you don't complete all the things, the guy comes on and he's got his arms folded. And he's like, you failed. Time to start over. So if you fail, you have to start over. Uh -huh. So I was like at a party and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this thing 75 hard, but I haven't been able to complete it yet. Like I just started it. And like my friend was just like, so you're not doing it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm like, I want, you know, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing being a human being. You, you, if you have, you've given me the sense that like, through your journey and, and the experiences you've had, I'm getting the sense that I feel like you're in a place right now where I, I don't want to say, e yes, what I want to say is there's a sense of grace or ease that I feel from you. Like you understand that 
this is this, the sense that I'm getting from you. You could tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but like not every day. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like that. It just seems like your general perspective or attitude is like, look, sometimes shit's tough. Sometimes shit sucks. Sometimes I don't want to do shit. And sometimes there's real challenges and scary shit, but I just keep showing up and keep doing the thing and, you know, just sticking to my spiritual practices. And it seems like you have a lot of grace with yourself too. Like, I don't get the impression that you're like shaming yourself or beating yourself up a lot. Yeah, not anymore. You Definitely, used to. I, I used to more. And it's just been a practice. And I always, it's funny because people that are close to me always hear me related to the guitar. I'm like, life is like playing an instrument. Yeah. If you want to be good at it, you got to sit with it. You got to like... Do the work. Yeah. There's nobody that's going to hand you anything. Like, like you mentioned Tony Robbins or all these like coaches. You can spend as many thousands of dollars that you want for a coach to tell you what you have to do. But ultimately, you're the one that has to sit down and do the work. Right. Show up. Sit with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Face yourself. Do the work. Do it again. Again. Every single day. And, and thankfully, I've been blessed with discipline. And every morning I get up. Before I do anything, I do my session of breath work and meditate and Tai Chi. Nice. And then I get on my day. That way I can start. Like when I don't do it, I feel like something is off. Like yeah. my, sometimes I'm not able to manage my emotions as well uh, because you're always going to face things. Like not because I meditate, bad thing is not going to happen. But at least when bad things happen, I'm able to like manage it better. And that's just, that's all like every day I have to do it and I do it. And before bed, same thing, like to just not go to bed with all the, what happened through the day. Like I had to kind of wash it off mm-hmm. the way I can, the next day I wake up not carrying from the day before because that things accumulate. And I think that's why people build stress and all, anxiety you just keep accumulating things and you don't have a practice to wash things off and away yeah like the, all the tools are there <laughs> you know yeah 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 give yourself a spiritual shower yeah yeah it makes sense right i mean we clean ourselves we wash our clothes gotta wash our souls yeah even one thing that i've been doing a lot lately shaking things off physically yeah, yeah. like like a dog you know yeah. when like yeah yeah it helps massively. Yeah. Like even if it's just somebody cuts you off and then ah you build that like rage or, or discomfort. <sighs> and then also like, oh, you stop actually thinking about things when you shake shake it off. Just a marvelous tool there. <laughs> it is. It is really great. I, I was in the car yesterday and I was driving somewhere down near like Cherry Creek and I was just kind of like marveling at like the beauty of the of the area and of the trees and it's so beautiful right now the orange and the red and the yellow trees and the green and uh it was also a full moon the other day you know and it was kind of a gray day and but i was still enjoying it and then i look to the right of me i hear this noise i'm like what the hell is that i'm at like a traffic light and this uh this woman is in her truck and she's got her like half her body out the window and she's like you're a little bitch to the guy behind. She's like, you're a little fucking bitch. And, and she was so fucking angry, like cursing at this guy. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and I just kind of like, I just 
you know, the light changed and I kept driving and I was just like, I just started laughing. I was like, man, it's so funny that we can get so angry sometimes because I've been there. I've been so there. You know, why did you fucking, uh," and then like now, like I'm so worked through a lot of anger where I'm able to sort of like kind of just laugh at it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes Jen and I will get into an argument and like, we'll we'll just, one of us will just crack a smile. It's like, what are we even fighting? What are we fighting about? Because a sock went missing. Like what is, what is this? Who who cares? Well, and, and in some of the work that I've done with regards of sometimes with relationships, whatever they are, ultimately sometimes there's a deeper truth of why, we have that tension that then like becomes an an argument over a sock. Right. And then if we tap to the truth, it's like, you know, honey, I actually, the reason why is because, and then you actually spill the truth of, of this tension that you're carrying that might not even involve the person. It's just that you're carrying again. You don't do your cleansing. Right. So we carry all this bullshit and then we take it out on the people that we love. Right. Yeah, it was really like something about like my father from when I was like seven. Yeah. Or something with it that like is res- like coming up recently or something. And the great thing is the more and more you do the work, the the le- uh, the more space there is mm-hmm. and the shorter the distance is for recovery. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I fucked up. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I just fucked up. Okay, cool. Instead of like a month. Yeah, a month of suffering. Now it's, it's like a day. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that felt so good. Yeah, <laughs> it felt so good to just let it pass. Through yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so important, and and the thing is like it takes discipline, and discipline is like sometimes the hardest thing to like step into. That like no, it's like every day I have to do this every day. Like, and thankfully the guitar trained me to know that like if I wanted to get good, I had to practice every day. So. I just develop that habit of discipline and helps me so much now for the good for good things and I had the discipline to party mm-hmm. like I must party today <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was good at that too <laughs> yeah, they're fun times, but different times it's like you're a different person you're mm-hmm. the same person, but you're different you just you know enjoy different things how's the discipline going in going for you around what you've been calling in that fire that you've cultivated uh and what you've been calling in uh great i think in regards of embodying one first cultivating the friendships no i feel like connecting uh, reaching out like I love that we have that uh, WhatsApp group, yeah, and and able to support others and be there for others, and and knowing that there's people for me too, like when when it's needed, yeah. So I think that's amazing, you know. Like f- the the women in my life that have seen me go through all this now that know that I have this group, they're like, man, I feel so happy for you because you've called it, you like called it in and I needed it and um, so I guess it's just in regards to the discipline for it is like knowing what do I have to offer Mm. and that's a conversation that I had a little bit today with Bill like how does it look for you in this in this group what 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 are you what you want to offer you know it's kind of like what do I offer 
you know, because obviously it could be so easy as like, well, I'll just play for you guys. <laughs> like that's an easy one. Yeah. But yeah, but then how it looks as maybe some some sort of, I don't know, class, workshop or what, a dynamic yeah. or something that I can offer. I guess that's the part that I've been... Because I'm also like dealing with so much in my life that I'm like, oh, like how can I like also show up in this group strong present and and offering something don't even think about it yeah you're you're already doing it yeah you know anyway we could probably just continue this kind of i mean this has been a really kind of fluid conversation hasn't really been like a hardcore interview here just hanging out having fun but i mean anything else that you want to say i mean to uh the, you know, why are we here on this planet? What are we supposed to be doing here? Or, you know, any advice, like any... Enlighten any, people. Any, yeah, as we wrap words up Words of here, wisdom. Yeah. Follow me, wisdom. follow me on my social media. <laughs> yeah, perfect. What is it? Right, What's the handle? Right. El Javi Music. El Javi Music. On every platform. On every like, platform. Like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They're all the same. El Javi Music. Cool. I'll put all the links in the show notes. And then uh, website? Eljavi.com. That's an easy one. Yeah, follow them there, folks. This music is incredible. We're going to play some music for you right now as we exit. And till next time. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Be present. Much love. Peace. Breathe.
Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And I enjoyed the fuck out of that episode. And I get stoked when I really have a good, good podcast or something really, really exciting that I'm looking forward to. So if you're stoked, like I'm stoked, share this thing, tell people about it, like, share, subscribe, leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts, do all those things. Check the show notes, show description, check out our sponsors, get the discount codes and awesome stuff. And uh, consider joining the Patreon. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you to everybody. Thanks, Javi, for dropping wisdom and dropping some awesome tunes. Till next time, much love. Peace.